Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Cash it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catch bodies on his way to the rack. Suns, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Now the Phoenix Suns finally get to play a basketball game actually in Phoenix, believe it or not, Wolf. They get to play at the Footprint Center tonight. They're playing a good team, although a team with the exact same record to them. Now the Miami Heat, a team they lost to by one point earlier this season, and they got outshot at the free throw line 25-4. Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joins us right now. It is game day with K-Ray on the Arizona Sports Line. K-Ray, what's going on? You know, I was in such an optimistic frame of mind until you reminded me of that free throw disparity, Luke. Happy Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Kay, do you expect to see that tonight? Ah, boy. I... I, I I pity the league office if that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put it that way. <laughs> that's fair. Um, all right, so Miami, you know, there are similarities. When they played last year, we talked about the similarities between these two teams. There's differences, too, obviously, but there's some similarities. Now, this year, the thing, the first thing, honestly, that stands out, Kay, is Miami's a really good team, or at least they have really good upside, and they're 20 and 19, too. What do you see from the Heat? Yeah, you know, it is um, for for differing reasons. The Heat has been somewhat like the Suns in the sense of, as you said, you know, have been a really good team. In fact, you know, these two teams, you know, led their respective conferences a year ago. Uh, we know what the Suns' record was this time a year ago. Uh, you know, league best as they were tearing through <clears throat> virtually everybody. But this time a year ago, they also weren't dealing with just an absolute litany of of injuries. And the, the Heat are right there with the Suns in terms of, of games missed. Now, I don't know that you could qualify all of their games missed to to actual injuries, but I'm sure that some of their folks might argue otherwise. But, uh, yeah, Miami has been um, a little bit of an enigma, 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 excuse me, I'll spit it out there, in, in that they do have some great pieces, and you look at them individually, and you kind of scratch your your head at, why they have been so inconsistent and you know their their coach is right up there in terms of head scratching uh you know he said it after their loss against the lakers the other night and keep in mind they lost to the lakers lakers were missing their top three scores um not the least of which was lebron james and they gave up 32 points to dennis schroeder and it been like that all season long with the Heat. You know, one step forward and in some instances three steps back. They're closing out a five-game road trip. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not sure what Heat team is going to show up here tonight. Uh, but I guess you could maybe to some degree say the same thing about the Suns, guys. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it, Kay. If, in fact, you had to look at one stat other than the score, Kay, and say that this stat is going to determine if the Phoenix Suns win tonight's game, what stat would you point to? Well, I I will point to just right now because of how shorthanded and limited they are offensively. Um, and, and I had this conversation with, uh, with EJ and our producer, Brock Kraft, for a telecast tonight. You know, if, if I can bottle up the two def- 
defensive performances they had, one against Memphis that got a win, and one against Cleveland that, that you know, very well could have and should have gotten them a win, uh, then I'm going to go field goal percentage because this is a Miami team that is, is not very good offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have struggled scoring the ball. And if you can come in with that kind of defensive, you know, intensity for four quarters, regardless of who plays, uh, then I think you got a chance to win. So I'll go with field goal percentage. That's a good one. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. He's joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Kay, you said it at the end of that game on Wednesday. You know, the, I think you called it a heartbreaker of a loss when, when the way it played out with, uh, with, with Evan Mobley scoring and then Mikel Bridges missing the shot. Overall, though, that game, we saw some good things from the Suns. We saw them play much better defense in the first half, and really for the whole game, but especially in the first half, we saw them rebound better. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Was it was it a positive or a negative? You know, I, look, I, I got to take away a positive in, in the game because when you consider a couple of the performances that we witnessed on that road trip, um, and, and, you know, we, we had the conversation the day of the game, guys. I said, I want to see fight. If there's one word mm. that I use to describe what I want to see that night in Cleveland, it was fight. And, and I saw that. I saw that from virtually everybody who stepped on the floor. And look, I saw it from DeAndre Ayton, and I said it on the telecast. You know, D.A. was the guy who made the comments and uh, kind of, you know, brought everybody together in the locker room after uh, that previous loss. And, you know, he he kind of put a bullseye uh, on himself. And, you know, uh, Wolf, when, when a guy does that, uh, people are going to be looking the closest at you because you were the one that came out with the words. And I thought D.A., came with the kind of performance, well, look, it's the kind of performance that earned him, you know, Western Conference Player of the Week Mm -hmm. a month ago. It's the kind of performance that Monty Williams has said, that's what we've got to have out of this guy, you know, Mm -hmm. 18 rebounds. And and I know Monty kind of bemoaned not being able to get D.A. the ball in scoring position better, but you credit Cleveland, which is a terrific defensive team, for really, you know, choking off uh, the interior passing, and, and they did that because they knew the Suns were, you know, greatly diminished on the perimeter. So sometimes as much as you wanted to get him the ball, there just was no way you were going to do it because the Suns were, were having a hard time knocking down shots. See, for me, Kay, rebounding matters so much, and we've been talking about it all season long. I think you have been the first one, as a matter of fact, that was all over it. The Suns need to rebound the basketball a whole lot better, and that, of course, implies that your big guy is going to go out there and rebound the basketball as well. Did they make that a point of emphasis going into the Cleveland Cavalier game? Did you hear anything about that? Because it looked like a different team that went out and actually out-rebounded a team that's the number one rebounding team in the association. Yeah, I, I don't know that it was you know spoken directly from Monty and the side. I just think it was acknowledged by the guys. Like... Uh, Look, I, I know fans have been frustrated, and you know sometimes we as broadcasters have been frustrated with this team's play. Um, but you know what, what I saw was a, it was a, a prideful team uh, that took the floor against Cleveland, and I think it was the guys that recognized, man, we've been embarrassed a couple times on this road trip, and we don't want to close this thing out with getting embarrassed. And and I will say this because we were. 
our broadcast position was down on the floor, and we were just to the right of the Suns bench. And I saw Chris Paul as vocal during that game as I have all season long. Because as we know, Chris really kind of picks and chooses his moments with this team, uh, which is just a testament to, you know, to his leadership. But I, I hated that they lost that game. Uh, you know, not just for Chris, for everybody, but man, I, I could see how badly he wanted to lift his team to a victory. So I, I don't know that it was spoken directly by the coaches. I think it was a collective effort that said, man, this is what Cleveland is best at. We have got to bring our hard hat tonight. And I thought they did that. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports, Kay, you know, the Suns, that, that their offensive philosophy always is, you know, if you got the shot, you take it. If you have a good open shot, take it. Like, move the ball around, get the best possible shot. Uh, and it's not like Mikel Bridges didn't have a good look at the end of that game, but it kind of just stirred up the conversation here yesterday of, if you don't have Devin Booker, is there one guy in particular that you're hoping is able to take that last shot, or is it really just as simple as whoever has the clearest look? You know, I, I think it's I think it right now it's got to be who's got the clearest look. Um, you know, you go back to the possession uh, or, or two possessions before, you know, Landry missed one wide open three, was able to knock down the next one to, you know, to tie it up. But, uh, you know, you, you credit the approach that, that Cleveland had uh, because Donovan Mitchell drew so much attention defensively and they went, to their second-year big man, Evan Mobley, who, you know, couldn't hit the broad side of a barn most of the night, and he he knocked down the shot. And I think right now the Suns have got to take that approach. You knew that they were going to choke off Chris Paul and not allow him a look. Um, And and I thought that the play was well-designed. It's a shot we've seen Mikel Bridges knock down, uh, you know, numerous occasions during this season. And I will say this about Mikel, guys. We – we we love the fact that he is an Iron Man, <clears throat> and I, I haven't said this too much other than privately, but he's tired. I mean, I, yeah. I, I I've saw him on a number of occasions walk back to the huddle the other night, just absolutely gassed. This is a guy who has just balled out every single night, and I'm not a proponent of you know resting guys and and load management, but. You know, you're never going to catch A.C. Green. And I know McHale takes great pride in playing, and I'm sure he will never sit down. But this dude is tired. He is beaten up. And that, to me, has had as much to do with McHale missing shots on this road trip than anything. Uh, I know people have really broken down his game and saying, well, now he's showing us that he's he's not a legitimate, you know, number two scorer. You know, I, I would say you take your foot off the gas of any, you know, Mikhail Bridges slander. Uh, I'll defend this guy to the nth degree, but he's tired. I'm, I'm hoping that getting home in his own bed, he's had a chance to get his batteries recharged. But uh, I know it's a long-winded answer to your question, but right now, uh, you know, until they get closer to being whole, I think it truly is by committee in those kind of situations. Okay, Maloney's got this panic button that she pushes when she talks about the Suns. <laughs> All right, just so you know, okay, um, when will you push the panic button? When, If the Suns continue to play like they are right now currently, when will you hit that panic button? Uh, 
I'm not going to hit the panic button for for at least a few more weeks, guys, and and you know for a number of reasons. Uh, look, yes, they they have tumbled down the standings, but and I said this on a telecast the other night. Look, as Suns fan, you, you stop looking at the standings every single day. I mean, some <laughs> fans are looking at it every hour, like, oh my gosh, I think they lost a half game. No, no, they didn't. Ah! <laughs> yeah, man, maybe all those panic buttons, you know, are are also installed in everybody else's homes. But, you know, nobody is running away with the conference at the moment. Right now, the Suns sit five and a half games, five and a half, out of the top spot. They sit uh, two games out of the number four spot. So, you know, until I see a, a eight to, to nine game margin, uh, I'm not going to panic because I know help is on the way. I, and I know we say that, and, you know, we, we thought that campaign was going to be back, and he was, but now he's going to be sidelined again. Uh, I do believe that we're, we're marching closer to the return of Cam Johnson. I'm hoping maybe, uh, maybe late next week or early the following week. You know, he's worked out hard, uh, in the pregame sessions before the games have tipped off. He's been on the last, you know, road trip. And, and you know, and, and Devin Booker, uh, maybe he'll be back sooner than expected. Uh, and there is the trade deadline. So I'm not pushing the panic button at least for another a couple, three weeks. Uh, this is what happens when we give Wolf a toy designed for four-year-olds and he's been playing with it all day. <laughs> K-Ray, th- good stuff, man. Thank you. You got it, guys. Have a good one. All right.